0: Good morning, and thank you for joining us We're going to be talking about something that I think we all fall into and maybe don't know how to get out or we've learned ways to get out of this and this is this is negative self talk and it can be really damaging to our brains, our mental health, and our physical health so I am joined today by Susie Reynolds Reese again Good morning Susie Good morning. This topic intrigues me because I I think that I know it's happened to me many times. If I overthink a situation or I had different expectations for myself, instead of just simply learning and moving on, I I have been known to have what they call a cognitive distortion. I beat myself up and I... Think that that is not helpful, and I've learned to catch myself now, because negative self talk can lead you to a place where you don't even recognize when happiness walks across your path.
1: I completely agree. I think that the, that we all do that from time to from time to time, for Amen. sure. I know I do personally. Um, I think I and and the anxiety of getting into a situation before it happens, and then after you're like, oh, it wasn't really that bad. (laughs) I worked myself up so much. Right. I mean, that's just me, though. No one else
0: could. Oh no, it's it's nearly everyone. Did you know that we spend three hours a week worrying about things that never even happen? That's a statistic out of some (laughs) journal. Well, I think it's low also, but even if you take two hours a week, look at the hours you spend on things that don't happen. And part of that's evolution. Our minds are there to save us from things and we're, we're prone. The brain's wiring is, is evolutionarily prone to save us from the threat of the saber-toothed tiger but I don't know about you I have not seen one of those in my neighborhood recently
1: <laughs> or I don't ever. know it's 2020 so. <laughs> no,
0: no, stop don't even say that so that's not even funny okay no I'm kidding I'm kidding but the the funny thing is when the brain hears negative self-talk or have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're like oh I'm so sorry And you didn't do anything that requires an apology. That's also negative self-talk.
1: I have recently, I think over the past year, started actively working on not apologizing for things that were not my fault. And I've noticed, you know, when I have people that come to me for help or are in difficult situations they almost immediately apologize i'm sorry that i'm saying this or i'm sorry i'm going through this and I'm, i constantly tell them why why are you apologizing this is not your fault unless it is you know but this is not your fault and i i, I think that we are just in, it's ingrained in us in some way to feel as though we are responsible and we should be ashamed so mm-hmm. well the funny part is we have to realize
0: that we're not responsible for everything and then it took me decades to learn that I must, must admit, um, because I'm one of those doers, and I want to help and support. But sometimes I was reaching out to help where it, it wasn't my issue, and then I get blamed. And I had done it to myself. I think we're often
1: our worst critics. I, I agree. Uh, I think we are our worst critics for sure. I know that I am um, highly critical of myself, and even in in the work that I do, I constantly ask for critiques because you want to improve. And I think that there's that mentality that if we're we're doing that, we're we're be- becoming better. But that's not always how that works. But we do learn, and I think that
0: when we can catch ourselves from apologizing for things that are outside our control. Or if you say to someone else, I'm I'm sorry that that happened to you, um, recognizing an affirmation is very different than you taking on the responsibility, and I've learned not to say, I'm so sorry when I get yelled at by a child, I'm talking about specifically one of my children, um, because If it wasn't my issue then I don't get the blame either and so some of that is boundary setting and recognizing what is yours and what isn't but I would venture to say that words matter so much in terms of self-talk because if we say I just can't how many times do you hear people say I just I just can't well the word can't is the opposite of can, which means able to do. So are you able to do it or are you choosing to not do it?
1: I think that language in general is an issue though when we, when we look at that because the definition, although we may all have access to the internet, we don't always know what that definition is or what that meaning is. And then of course, when you look at, that's such a simple word, can, Mm -hmm. can't, Mm -hmm. we should all understand that. But then our perception around what that means is it varies. And then of course you have, you know, slang terms and Mm -hmm. I've been known to say that I just can't. Um, and it doesn't, in no way contextually does it mean I cannot because I'm not able to do, it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm done having that conversation or just kind of a off the cuff thing to say. So I think that, too often we forget that words truly are powerful, and I completely agree, especially when you talk about young children. And mm. uh, I try to be aware of the way I speak to them because I, my youngest especially struggles with his self-talk. Mm. And it's such an interesting thing to see when they're so, so little because I know that most of that did not come from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's almost as though it's it's already ingrained in us when we're born to, to just be negative um, and then trying to counter that and, and explain that that's not good. And um, I constantly have conversations about how I don't want anyone to talk badly about you, including yourself. Um, oh, that's
0: good. Okay.
1: So, and I don't know that it's impacting them yet, but I'm hoping at some point they'll kind of realize that, the way we talk about ourselves allows others to believe that they too can talk about us in those ways.
0: Well, I agree with you that it's turned into a slang term. You know, I just can't, Mm. you know, that's the end of this discussion. Exactly. But I guess I was going toward the, we're not usually incapable. Mm. And if we say we're incapable and we cannot, we are weakening ourselves because we probably can. And even when we say, well, I'll try. Well, that's often code for, (laughs) nah, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) It, And and that disempowers and takes away energy. Whereas, I mean, they're, they're called the doing words, you know, I can, I will, and I want, because they empower you to make changes. And, and, let's face it, there's been so much change and so much uncertainty uh, that we have had to constantly adapt. But we've also gotten harder on ourselves because we have less outside interaction.
1: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. I mean, I I agree. And I I would also say that the outside interaction that we are having are probably not great. If you're looking at social media or you know, whatever else it is. And we know that that definitely impacts the way that our brains are working or right. not working, whichever way you want to look at it. But, um, no, I think that you're, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. There's no question to the, the fact that the way that you're speaking either to yourself or to others impacts, the way that you perceive things and whether or not you're capable of continuing, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because I was I've I've been doing some research on positive messaging mm-hmm. in public health, and it, I mean everyone knows that you know drugs are bad, just say no. Here's your brain on um, drugs in the in the frying the, the egg in the frying right. pan, right? Um, and and so there was this whole theory around it, like, well, if we all knew drugs were bad, why, why are we in the situation that we are in right now? Choices. Uh, it, right. It's, <laughs> it's choices, but it also has to do with the fact that fear doesn't change behavior. That if mm-hmm. we are speaking negatively, if we're using scare tactics, if we're having these kinds of conversations at some point, it might be attention grabbing at first, but we tune it out. Um, and it does no good whatsoever. But those positive conversations, they may be harder to latch onto in the beginning, but the longer and more consistent you are with those, the more likely you are to see positive influences across the across whatever it is that you're trying to impact. Um,
0: you're absolutely right, because think about carrot and stick, which do you respond better to? <laughs> Food. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly my point, but it's it's reinforcing what you just said, fear doesn't change behavior often um, and that is what we're kind of looking for take it into something so simple as you know I can't lose weight because I'm pigging out on ice cream every night uh, okay you you can't stop eating the ice cream okay but maybe tomorrow if you put I don't know, an artificial sweetener in your coffee or didn't drink the can of soda that you know is not bad for you. Isn't that a start?
1: Well, I think that that's, that, that start can be that mental block keeps the start from happening so Mm -hmm. often. And it's so easy to fall to those. I mean, they're really just bad habits. Those, Mm -hmm. they're not really even coping mechanisms, right? (laughs) Uh -uh. It feels good. Let me get that, the sugar rush and Mm -hmm. uh, have that immediate. Dopamine kick, and then, you know, of course, I'll have to sit in the corner and cry for a little later over it. But, um, and we all have those things mm-hmm. too. So, so.
0: Well, we can't all be positive all the time, and, and there are times when we should chastise ourselves and say, you know, I, I know I could have done that better. But, um, in our next segment, let's talk about how the striving for perfectionism. Often drives people crazy, and this kind of self-talk, even hmm, I could have done better than that, can go too far, depending on the the mindset you have, the expectations you have, or the expectations of others have on you. And we get a lot of messages these days, mm. and so we really need to take a look at the compare and despair part and what it means for us and our messaging to ourselves. We'll be back right after the. This short break. Stay with us. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
2: A recent study at Israel's Wiseman Center of Science suggests that one of the reasons people shake hands is to smell each other. It may not be as undignified as two dogs greeting each other, but a handshake may amount to the same thing. What do you call the fear of being touched? Half-a-phobia. In Russia, don't shake hands with the opposite sex, unless it's a business situation. Otherwise, a man should kiss a woman's hand. In Morocco, a gentle handshake is acceptable only if you're the same gender. In Australia, if you're a woman, offer your hand first. Plus, women do not shake hands with other women. And in France, they avoid haber and shake quickly and lightly. Habber is forceful or strong.
1: It's words you never heard.
2: I'm Carolyn Davidson and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas.
0: Welcome back, Susie Reese, and I are here talking today about the importance of self-talk and specifically positive-affirming self-talk rather than negative self-talk. Because our brains hear us, so let's take a look at perfectionism. You know, when we are striving to achieve perf- perfection. It's very hard. No one is perfect except God and I, I don't usually compete with God. So it's, it's a case of how much courage does it take to recognize that doing your best, being good is good enough? That takes a lot of courage.
1: It does. And I think more than that, beyond courage, Mm -hmm. self-acceptance. I think that I know I struggle with that at times. And I I will say I have a friendship that over the year, we've been friends for a long time. I won't say how long, Uh, (laughs) but it's been one of the best things has been both of us have grown as individuals. And as we've grown as individuals, we've grown stronger in our friendship Mm. and watching the, the levels of, Being able to mature and have acceptance of one another is is it's wonderful, but we still struggle on an individual level with that. And so just the other day I was talking to my friend and I said, um, I'm really proud of you. You need to just listen for a second. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that even no matter how strong and how wonderful we grow, we still struggle with just realizing, like, look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Look, look at what a, what you have done and, and just be proud of that in this moment because you're right, there is no such thing as perfection. Um, and it would scare me if I ever walked in, <laughs> into it.
0: <so>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny. I think oftentimes we take our cues from those around us. Mm. Your example, you know, you said that to your friend. I recently had a friend say, you know, I'm surprised you said that because you just don't see yourself as I see you Mm. from the outside. And I realized that I was putting myself down Mm. and... Maybe that's a better term for it, putting yourself down, not giving yourself enough credit, not being proud of the things you did well, and only focusing on the things you might have done better. That's tough. That's tough on yourself. And it it made me think, because we all probably remember um, the term Debbie Downer. Well, none of us want to be a Debbie Downer, but there's a, a chance of falling into that if you constantly think you're not good enough mm. and if you reinforce it yourself without analyzing wait a minute i actually did a very good job of x y and z next time i would change abc but overall i was pleased you were talking about the surveys you get after you speak well i'll bet you 95 percent of them are excellent and you don't really learn anything new that you need to do or change am i right
1: well, you're, you're not wrong, but at the same time, I think, well, they just wanted to get out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, now that is putting yourself
1: down, right? There. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've often said I want to get an evaluation of how people evaluate to see yes. <laughs> if it's a trend or if I'm terrible, I know. <laughs> well, no,
0: we're we're often that way, and I, I think it's very interesting, though. In some cases, I think we are taught not to be self-aggrandizing. I, I know in my household growing up, we were never taught to brag. Modesty and humility was really precious and treasured and and reinforced to the point where sometimes I was asked to, to say something about something I'd achieved and I didn't know what to say because I was tongue-tied. Because I didn't want to brag. I didn't want to be immodest. And, and then I had to remember that there, there, we are not supposed to shine our light under a bushel, that we were given gifts to use. And so, okay, it's not so much my gifts as just I happen to be given these gifts. And so, okay, I can accept that because that's not just making me the purveyor of whatever wisdom I gave out does that make better sense
1: I think it's I mean you're right and I I refer to social media because I think it's such a big part of so many people's lives but you see that and I saw someone post the other day and say just remember these are just the highlight reels but I've had several people that have accomplished things and they've been fearful to share because they don't want to seem like they're boasting Mm -hmm. and it's such a delicate balance I believe but why shouldn't you celebrate your successes and and I do think that some people do things just to get the attention out of having done the thing but at the same time when you've accomplished something or when you've helped another person in, in a great way that goes beyond yourself sometimes that's an inspiration to others to do those same things and it's at, at some point it's it's almost selfish for you not to share <laughs> that's so. a
0: really good way to look at it
1: well and I, I think that it, it, it comes to back to balance in the, those, in those frames, because when you know someone, like when you've had a conversation with an, a person on a phone call or on a podcast or whatever it is, you get to know it, a person a little bit more so than just posts on a page. Mm-hmm. And it's such a one dimensional outlet. And I think, I often wonder, you know, does this reflect who I am as a person really? And I have to say to some extent, but not exactly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so much more for the face to face for the ability to connect with an actual person. And that's just not exactly what we can do. So I, I don't like to come off as boastful, mm-hmm. but again, there are some things that that you have to share that you have to that it's almost a disservice to others if you don't let them know what's happening um, and, and you know within the realm of public health and things of these natures that that's what that's what we're supposed to do is to let people know so they have the opportunity to to get involved and to become a part of it and hopefully be inspired to to join the cause or whatever that is but
0: but I also love that when you can share something in a way that inspires others or, or adds to their lives. Most people are thrilled for you. Mm-hmm. Most people are bravo, brava. You know, great job. That's, that's an incredible point. I know I am happy for other people when they achieve things. I'm super happy about it. I'm certain there are people who are envious, mm-hmm. jealous, petty. I mean, those things all exist too, but chances are good you know who those people are, and they're unhappy people. So I hope you don't give credence to a lot of unhappy people who aren't able to give happiness for achievements. But I think the smallest wins need to be celebrated, because we so often, okay, Got that done, now I'm on to the next thing. And don't stop and celebrate that small win. Um, you know, I lost, I, I walked a, a mile this week. Uh, I walked two miles the second week. I'm making this up. Um, <laughs> and because I've been doing Pilates and bar work inside uh, on the television. But I've been working out every day. But my point is that when you do take small steps to work out, be very proud that you walked. I, I did a caregiver video on, on these kinds of things about celebrating the small wins. Because if you simply say, "Well, I walked a mile, but I should have run. Shoulda, coulda, woulda," you're putting yourself down mm-hmm. instead of celebrating those small wins. You know, we made a decision in our household to use paper t- paper plates when there's a lot of people over for dessert. Okay, good, because then you've made a choice to make it easier on yourself. Bravo. Small win, tiny win. But if it makes your life better,
1: why not? Well, that's one of the – so the everyone is familiar with the Navy SEALs, but that is one of the ways that they can determine who is going to truly be successful mm-hmm. and, and, and get through training is – those individuals who can celebrate those small successes, um, because too often we we are self- deprecating and we do push to the next thing, and over time it builds up and it compounds, and then it's stress.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you
1: do have to kind of celebrate and, and take take a moment to realize, "Oh, I've accomplished this much, but that in itself, it has to be a practice it become a practice. It's um, intentional, right. And I think that that's the difficulty is, oh, maybe I accidentally celebrated, but am I doing this as a practice? (laughs) Yum, cupcake. Right.
0: (laughs) No, but but seriously, the little wins are so important and they often don't get noticed by other people, but you can even keep yourself that gratitude journal that says, today I did this. Um, And you can look back on it and it's a small win. (laughs) I, I, laugh because these classes I'm taking online, um, with Pilates and, and ballet bar classes, they, they constantly have badges for you. You know, you've achieved five classes this week or you've achieved, I've actually had 105, 106 classes today since May. And so it is, is very much the small things finally added up. I was wowed. When I hit a 100 classes and I saw a real difference in my mental outlook, my posture, my strength, etc., it's just an example of the small things add up to the bigger Mm -hmm. things. So if you can intentionally stop yourself from saying you're sorry when you haven't done anything, if you can say, you know, I I, I have a joy to share, and when you say you have a joy to share, that's really not boasting, Mm -hmm. it's a joy to share, and... Uh, you know, the receptivity to that is often much better than, you won't believe what I just did.
1: (laughs) I'm amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of that's probably good, too, with the right people. Right. You know what I'm saying. It's it's just a, a matter of changing the way you talk to yourself and think. And if it's only you these days and you need to write it into a journal, by all means do, because don't miss out on what you've achieved. And managed to get through.
1: Well, and I I was actually thinking about that yesterday. It's been a while since I've just journaled what's been going on in my world. And I did that periodically throughout my life, just whether it was good or bad, wrote what happened, what was happening, and kept myself up to date. And, you know, I thought about it, I thought, you don't realize how far you've come. And then you look around and you're in a situation like a pandemic, and it's so easy to forget the struggle of what's going on right now and and what you are surviving and i think that that is powerful to be able to look back and think the world was absolutely chaotic Mm -hmm. and yet you managed to make it through and go back and and celebrate that as a win um because right now we don't know how long that's going to last but at some point we're going to come through the (laughs) other end and think man i wish (laughs) i wish i remembered everything that happened It's a really
0: important point because I I think just the practice of writing down, okay, in this month I did this and this month I did that, um, you know, those are small things, but hopefully we will not pass this way again. So remembering the good parts, the silver lining, if it were, is a good way to look at things. In our next segment, we're going to take a look at our fears and where do they come from. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
2: It's words you've never heard. When I was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hearty bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hog a dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app to funny for word.
0: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
3: It's a fact that working out for 30 minutes a day will improve your health and make you feel oh so good. But if you are on a quest to lose weight, you should be looking to exercise aerobically for 45 minutes to an hour. I know that may sound daunting, but it's really not. You don't have to kill yourself to keep your heart rate up for 45 to 60 minutes. I know people who put their iPod on and walk for an hour a day. Consequently, they are losing weight, increasing their energy, and feeling great. On the other hand, if you're like me and want to maintain your present weight, then 30 minutes of cardio a day is perfect. The benefits of cardio exercise are fast. And even if you're not trying to lose weight, it is necessary and vital to your health. So schedule in your cardio exercise six to seven days a week and watch your health, energy, and outlook on life improve. I'm Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back. One of the things that we were talking about on break and that we've also been noticing uh, with social media, with the media in general, with messaging that's going on, if you think about it, you're not born with fear, but you can learn it, you can acquire it, and it can be fanned and flamed. And a lot of messaging has been confusing in 2020, and that uncertainty also brings up more fears, and then fear can be contagious. So a child can have fear over something they truly don't have the capacity to understand yet by watching the modeling of their parents. Um, I'll give you an example, not current, but you know, a fear that is your fear and a fear that is someone else's is different. So I, at the at an early age, watched my aunt who lived down our street, her house burned to the ground, and I've never felt the same about fire. I won't use a gas stove. Um, my uh, husband's grandmother caught her sleeve of her, uh, bathrobe when she was in her twenties or thirties and burned to death. Mm. So that's before flammable fabrics and inflammable and all that. But, but the whole point is, was that a realistic fear? Yes, that was my fear. And I think there is some fears that, you know, are learned or taught, etc. But I think recently we've been inflamed by fears that are not our own fears. And that is scary, or that children are fearful because we don't know. I mean, that's a very complex issue right now that is going to take decades of study after this pandemic, children and fears. But when you look at a fear, I'm now going to look at it differently and say, is it my fear or was I taught this fear? Because if I was taught this fear and it really isn't realistic to me, then I can intentionally take that out of my fear box and say, solved.
1: I like that fear box. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought, I was like, man, she's good. <laughs> thank you. I didn't realize how good you were until you said you made that
0: up. But it made yeah. sense because I'm a visual person and, and I think we do tend to box and compartmentalize our lives and, um, going back to that, Fire fear, my neighbor's house burned to the ground four years ago. And I woke up right before I heard the neighbor yelling, fire, fire. Mm-hmm. And before the fire engines came and they they came to stay at my house and the Red Cross came and, and I thought, Oh yeah, this just brings back memories mm-hmm. and it was hard.
1: Well I think that there are some Fears like that that are that are good they're growing to be very valid because mm-hmm. those are things that <clears throat> unfortunately, we can't always control those types of situations when they happen. Nope. but then, like you're saying those fears that are not really substantiated in anything that's right. that's necessarily real, and we've talked before about how I've had to step back from conversations with people and realize they're speaking to me out of fear and and it's not logic and I can't really have this conversation with them because it's not, it's not healthy for either one of us. Right. <clears throat> and that's hard to, that's hard to evaluate on the side of being in a conversation with another person, but then thinking about what, what fears you give your children. Um, and I, I think that beyond just what our rational fears, like fire, other things that happen. There are things that happen, like when I lost my best friend um, two years ago, my daughter saw me crying, which is a big deal because I don't typically like to cry in front of people. And it's different. We have a very, you know, she's my daughter. She sees me in a different way. But modeling that that was okay to experience that, um, I realized in that moment that she saw me differently than anyone else had ever seen me. And at the same time, it made me realize, well, what other things am I doing in front of her that may not be helpful for her to grow as a as a young woman? Um, so I think looking at, am I giving them unnecessary fears, and what other fears may I be un- unintentionally sharing with the other people in my life? Um, mm-hmm. How often do we think that way, though?
0: Not often. I, I think sometimes though I, I I will take a look at okay, you're you're all tensed up. You're afraid of something. What is it you're afraid of? And and if I realize that I've just been wound up because certain words have been used or tone of voice is contagious, um tension is mm-hmm. contagious. And so that part is is difficult. I think it's important to talk about the difference between stress and distress,
3: mm.
0: because stress can be actually very, very good. It requires us to face the challenge, to find creative solutions, and to trust people. But distress is a constant threat or uncertainty and can be very toxic when it reaches certain levels. Mm. So we talk frequently about stress and People talk about stress completely negatively, and there can be toxic stress also, but if you look at stress in a slightly different way, it gives you options to walk through the challenge. Okay, what have I learned from this? What am I able to affect change on, and what can't I do? Because railing against something that you can't do and beating yourself up for it, I'm such an idiot because I can't do X, is not only negative self-talk, but it's completely unproductive.
1: Well, and it gives you – eventually you're going to to realize – even though it's false, that I really can't do this and mm-hmm. there's no point in trying. And so then you give all of your effort over and just decide to to not even uh, make that effort whatsoever. I saw, I saw a um, bit researching like neuroscience and how the brain functions and I've been looking at substance use in particular, but one of the things that I was looking at, it talks about how stress devolves into distress. Mm-hmm. Um, And there was actually a scale and they showed all of the different things that could be stress and how it eventually becomes it it transitions into depression and mental health issues and physical health issues. Exactly. Um, And I thought that was great because how often do you see it? in front of you in a way like that and for me there are times when I encounter stress or even stressful individuals Mm -hmm. and the next thing you know I've been really productive (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and people often laugh about it and say well all you have to do is get her angry and then she'll write another book or something (laughs) so oh boy um, yeah that's not a well it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing but it right and and I'm not calling it and it's your (laughs) way of Oh, well. Processing, yeah. I'm sorry,
0: I wouldn't do that to you. No, oh,
1: no, 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 no. Um,
0: but, <laughs> but I think that it is interesting that you have a very good coping mechanism when you are in stress, and it's often writing. Mm. I do much the same thing. I will also sometimes just write out the stress to myself, and then I'll delete it because I've gotten it out on paper.
1: Well, and you're very wise because sometimes people send it. <laughs>
0: Oh no no I you won't see me do that and and a, a we had a family member pass away recently and left a wake of destruction and so I'm very conscious of not leaving anything behind that would distress oh. my children my family my friends if they came upon it so no I mm-mm it's it's moved away it has served its purpose but i, I do think finding coping mechanisms for negative self talk catching yourself writing down the good things that you do what do you like about yourself mm. and the, the, there is an exercise i'm sure you've heard this you know put a post it note on your bathroom mirror that says affirming things you know i'm i'm strong i'm courageous i I work really hard. I'm nice to people. I'm kind. You know, whatever comes to your mind as something you need to work on, I think is really not a bad practice. Because if you don't see that candy on the counter, you won't eat it. Mm. So if you don't see that message on your mirror, you won't think it. So you want to think it. You want to see things in front of you that remind you, you're good. You're really good. And since the world may tell you you're not good enough, I'm here to tell you, you are.
1: Mm. Well, that's beautiful. Well, I, th- I mean, and I, um, I completely agree. I think that having those positive sayings are a wonderful way to kind of start your day. I did a event where I was training law enforcement and I asked them, I said, does anyone look in the mirror and ask or say, I'm an amazing lion. That's how I start my day, and they all kind of <laughs> laugh. And this one guy said, "I always say nobody looks as good as you do, um, to oh, have in the morning." That's great. And it's you know, but those funny, silly things. It's such a great way to kind of just shake off bad days or start a new day. And it may sound silly, but that's, it's a great way to kind of shift the way that you're thinking about it. And I'll ask people, think about a a moment in your life recently where you were just on it when you were Mm -hmm. nailing work or you had done something amazing. And that feeling of accomplishment that you have, that's what you're trying to kind of regain. And what's wrong with that? Um, That helps you go back into the next day and accomplish more and, and get get a good sense of worth out of what you're doing with your life
0: well we're only given one life and Mm. we're all given 24 hours what we choose to do with those 24 hours is up to us so you can either spend it really working on yourself the only person you can ever change is you um So working on yourself or or listening to negative voices and messages and ruminating and overthinking on things that you really have no power to change. And we're all being asked to accept a lot of things that maybe we don't agree with or can't do any longer and we miss it. But we really do have a lot we can change. And the biggest one is being nice to yourself And if all you can say is, I am really a good person, I am kind, I have a big heart, I have empathy and compassion for people, those are wonderful things. And I think that the more kindness, more compassion, and more civility that we give each other would help the conversation that is ongoing and constant. We're going on a final break, and we will return. Stay with us. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
2: It's words you never heard. Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunch, plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock, or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel suit. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your
3: words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
3: What should you invest in as far as workout equipment is concerned? My answer is simple, invest in a good pair of exercise shoes. The shoes that you wear for exercise can really make a difference for your body. Regardless of how they look, go for shoes that have the right fit and support for your foot. Orthopedic surgeons and podiatrists will tell you that the shoes you wear are crucial to your body's alignment and the protection of your feet. Many injuries that are common with exercisers such as low back problems, plantar fasciitis, and knee pain can be in direct relation to the shoes you wear. Take the time to get fit for the proper shoes by salespeople who really know. You don't have to buy the most expensive shoes, just the ones that are right for you. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at annettehammond.com.
0: Welcome back. I'm Linda Crater and we're here with Susie Reese and we're talking today about the importance of positive self-talk. And we've reached the point where I think that we we need to really talk about more specifically about how to minimize any negative self-talk. The brain's ability to think, reason, and even to form memories is very much affected by the neural pathways when you talk negatively to yourself. And I I was telling Susie on the break that the American Academy of Neurology just published that cynical thinking, so negative talks, cynical thinking, can even give you an increased dementia risk. So the hormones can become imbalanced, your immune system can become compromised. So in this segment... Let's talk about how to minimize the negative self-talk, how to positively affirm you, yourself, and those around you, because you are amazing. And there are ways you can become more amazing. You want to start?
1: Um, Of course. Well, so a few things. I think sometimes that we are our... Biggest issues when it comes to changing the way that we we look at things, and so um, I was reading about morning routines, and Mm -hmm. we all know that we should be doing these. Well, I say we all—I would say a good majority of people know—but I think we get in our own way. And one of the things that I read said, you know, your alarm. Most of us at this point are using our phones as alarms, and you can actually set your your alarm to music or you know whatever it is that you want it to be Mm -hmm. and so this this thing that I was reading said set it to a positive song that you really enjoy one that just puts you in a great mood and you're essentially kind of tricking yourself that the first thing that you hear in the morning (laughs) is something that's really really exciting that puts you in a good state of mind Um, another thing that I saw was talking about um, if you have a pet a lot of people the first thing that they do is their pet wakes them up in the morning Uh that connection, that positive connection can be such a great way to kind of begin the day. And there's just little things that we can do to kind of shift the way the the input that we have um, within our brains, whether it's um, music or, you know, what we're doing when we're making a coffee or things like that. And then I, I really enjoy when I'm watching television or anything like that, trying to find little nuggets of, of good things and shows and I was watching a show and it was two women talking and one of them said to the other, I really wish you loved yourself more. Aww. And I thought that is the perfect way to respond to someone when they're speaking poorly about them. Because how many times have you been in that situation where someone says something bad about themselves mm-hmm. and you're just like, just quit doing that. Or That's true. you're wonderful. And it's, it never feels like the best way to respond. I wish you
0: loved yourself more. I like that.
1: So my friend and I, we've been doing that. When she says something that, that I don't think she should say about herself, I say, I wish you would love yourself more. And she just looks at me and she's like, well, I can't say anything back to that. What am I going to say? <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're not wrong. So
0: That's great. I, I love that. I, I think sometimes even making the switch, once you begin to recognize your inner critic and start to, to catch it and, and say, no, no. I I didn't do anything to say I'm sorry for, or that was harsh. Why did I say that to myself? It isn't true. Even if you can change it from negativity to being neutral. So, you know, I can't stand this. Could change to, well, this is challenging. I have a habit of when something is something I really loathe, despise, don't want to do. I'll say, well, this is an enriching experience. And it's silly, but just the action of saying that puts it into a category that says, okay, it falls into the enrichment bucket. Now you need to go work on it and fix it. And I do. And it it dissipates. It kind of vaporizes it. So if you can find a word that you use as a euphemism for this really sucks, it would really help, I think. It does me. And it changes it. At least to neutrality, if not into solutions and creative thinking. The other thing that I think often happens is that we don't treat ourselves as nice as we would treat other people.
1: Mm.
0: And if, if you would never say what you're saying to yourself, to your child or to a good friend, then why are you saying it to yourself? That's, that's really a, a good showstopper to me because i somebody once said that to me uh, that or i read it somewhere that you need to treat yourself as well as anyway you know what i'm saying um, because teenagers and my i can remember my daughter doing this i remember saying could you at least treat me as nicely as you treat your friends and i think that's not uncommon uh as they go through a certain hormonal shift but as we look at the perspective of, of what goes on in our lives, if we can be realizing what you started out with on this program, talking about how we we give so much emphasis to things that either don't happen or too great an emphasis, the other thing that I will often do is, if will this matter three weeks from now? Will this matter three years from now? Will it matter tomorrow. And if you're upset about it and giving it too much energy, I need to conserve my energy these days. I don't know about you, but I am conserving it and prioritizing it in a way that I've never done it before. And I think it's because we've all been on overload. So I'm working on the kinder, gentler, Linda to Linda connection. Because she could, she has been harsh in the past, and so I, I'll stop and I'll say it out loud to myself. I did not mean to say that to you, which sounds really goofy, and you know, people <laughs> will think I'm talking to my cats. But it's it's really kind of interesting because when you say it out loud, you hear it. When you think it, you don't always hear it.
1: But I think too beyond what you're doing for yourself and having you're setting boundaries for yourself for you, (laughs) which is amazing. Right. And then through that, you're going to strengthen your boundaries for what you accept from others for you. Because I think too often that, and and I don't know that anyone's intentionally being hurtful. It does happen, but we do accept a lot more than what we should from Mm -hmm. behaviorally. And I think that that's beautiful because, you know, that's, Having my daughter strengthen my ability as a woman, I'll I'll admit, because I realize I don't want her to take as long to realize a lot of the things that I've had to realize over the years, her to be a lot stronger and a lot more self-aware and confident in who she is as a human being. And I I have to admit, I don't know how she's amazing and it's I'm jealous because she's so young. And I think well, She all had an time. excellent role model. Oh, I and don't I, know, I, I but <laughs> know, I do. But I, uh, I
0: think that but that's so important because we do influence other people. You know what it's like to be around someone who is so angry with themselves and and they're just letting it darken the day. Well it darkens your day too. And it can be contagious. And and so, if anything, at least clear your own negativity to yourself so that you're able to fence off the negativity that may come from others. I, I think adding to your morning habits, I would say one of the things that I have done is I do not pick up my phone first thing in the morning and look at email or social media. I eat breakfast first and I have you know, reflection time, and then I will take a look at it. It's not as if it couldn't wait. I mean, if it couldn't wait, someone will call me. So that's a little habit. But if you constantly immerse your brain in things that add stress, it gives you a greater probability of devolving into distress.
1: And you're never truly focused on anything. I, I mm-hmm. a while back, I tried to get to where I, I didn't answer emails every day throughout the day mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and have set times because it just, it was overwhelming. And I remember when I first had to start emailing, I had this anxiety about, oh, I need to reply immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's just unrealistic because we all have so many things going on all the time and you can't always do that. But that, that, perceived need to meet other the the needs of others um that's something that I've had to work on but I love the conversation that you've had with Linda Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well (laughs) there would be others that call that something else but but seriously if we don't talk to ourselves kindly it shows Mm. so what do you like about the conversation with Linda
1: well I think that that sets it's you're not just setting boundaries for for yourself or For how you set boundaries for others, but you're checking in with yourself and you're Mm -hmm. establishing, like, let's let's have a real conversation right now. Why are you being this way? Let's let's fix this. And when you move through the day, you're gonna be able to process that stress in a better way so it doesn't devolve into distress. And when you talk about people who you can you just know that they're angry. They're not checking in with themselves. They're not trying to manage those negative, that negative self talk. And I think it's a, so we're doing a disservice to everyone around us when we're not trying to do our own temperature check and see, see where we are and celebrate the wins and also realize that you're a wonderful human being and you, more than anything, you deserve to treat you well.
0: Well, the funny thing is, if it's all going on in your head and you're not saying it out loud and we're not allowed to be around a lot of people right now, Others might not be aware of what you're telling yourself, so they can't step in and say, uh, your perception is not reality, here's what I see, and it's better to catch your negative self-talk and ask yourself, how true is it? So I I think that these are kind of things, the vast majority of negative self-talk is likely exaggeration,
1: Mm.
0: and calling yourself on it (laughs) can minimize
1: the damaging influence well, that catastrophizing. I think uh, we yes. we can all do that. And I, I'm, so I'm really terrible.
0: good at that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so
0: it's an exceptional it, gift. Right? It
1: really is. And the next thing I know, I'm going to have to move out of the country. And I'm thinking, where did, where did this happen? And then it was really not even a big deal at all. <laughs>
0: No, I, I, we think a lot alike. Um, I hope that this show has helped people to, to understand that they're not alone in talking to themselves harshly or Um, listening to people whose, you know, opinions we don't really even value. So why are we giving them energy? So if you want to know more about Susie Reese, you go to org, and my information is on wisehealth.com. And I am so glad that you've joined us. We are really pleased to be talking about positive mental health during this pandemic period and its aftermath because I think we will be seeing a lot of help and support needed thank you for joining us today we'll be back again next week thank you for tuning in today you can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com